Okay, Mind and the Motorcycle, Naked News, Year 2, Volume 78. And I mentioned it last week, 78 is a year and a half. So I've been, I've been doing this um, audio thing um, every week for a year and a half. And that's a long time. I really, you know, that's like, uh, congratulations to me. Uh, the date is April 12th, 2022. I am a lone voice in the universe. Um, I took a quick count. I have a little over 20 stories um, and a Putin poem at the very end. So it's a lot of stuff to cover. And, um, I, you know, quite honestly, and I've you know, mentioned it uh, pretty much uh, each time, I do the really the best I can. And um, it's really not the professionalism um, that ought to get your attention. You know, it's the stories that, that I choose to share with you. And, you know, let me get to them right away. In my 31 years as a humanitarian, I have rarely seen so much damage caused in so little time. And that's according to UNICEF Emergency Programs Director Manuel Fontaine. The UN Children's Agency is pleading for an immediate end to Russia's war on Ukraine, as it warns that not only are civilians under attack, but also, quote, all the systems that help children survive. Uh, the UN has verified 142 children have been killed and 229 have been injured. Um, I, that number is so low, uh, but I wanted to lead off you know, with it um, because this world belongs to the kids. Christ. Um, all last week, there were protests by the scientific community relating to uh, the climate crisis. Uh, one outfit is called uh, Scientist Rebellion, and they're highlighting specific gaps between what experts say is necessary and what governments allow to be published in the United Nations' latest climate assessment. And that we're, they're referring to as a landmark, landmark report on mitigation by Working Group 3 of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the IP. CC. The authors of that document, who synthesized thousands of peer-reviewed studies published in the past several years, make clear over the course of nearly 3,000 pages that, quote, without immediate and deep emissions reductions across all sectors, limiting global warming to one and a half degrees Celsius um, is beyond reach. And there's a summary report called the Summary for Policymakers, um, SPN. And, um, and, and according to them, in this report, despite the escalating climate emergency and the total absence of emissions cuts, the framing of the final version of the SPN is still alarmingly reserved, docile, and conservative. Uh, that's from Scientist Rebellion. And uh, more from them. The science has never been clearer to have any chance of retaining a habitable planet. Greenhouse gas emissions must be cut radically now. Um, limiting warming to one and a half degrees Celsius and responding to the climate emergency requires an immediate transformation across all sectors and strata of societies, a mobilization of historic proportions, a climate revolution. That's what 
science is calling for. More than a thousand scientists across the globe chained themselves to doors of oil-friendly banks, blocked bridges, and occupied the steps of government buildings. This was last week. Did you read about it? No, you didn't. Um, what the organizers described as, quote, the world's largest ever scientist-led civil disobedience campaign kicked off just days after that IPCC report was released. And as, less, and as one of the report's authors put it during a press call earlier in the week, unless there are immediate and deep emissions reductions across all sectors, one and a half degrees Celsius is beyond reach. I'm taking action because I feel desperate, said U.S. climate scientist Peter Kalmus, who along with several others locked himself to the front door of a J.P. Morgan Chase building in L.A., it's the 11th hour in terms of earth breakdown, and I feel terrified for my kids and terrified for humanity. Uh, that's more from uh, uh, Peter Kalmus. And uh, uh, last week, 275 scientists called on um, President Biden to urgently ditch fossil fuels and lead the country to a renewable energy transition. Uh, the letter bluntly declaring, quote, follow the science, Stop Fossil Fuels, was officially sent to the White House last week, landing amid a week of all of these scientists-led civil disobedience that I referred to. In their letter to Biden, the expert group cites the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change report cataloging, quote, the unfolding climate catastrophe as evidence of the need for swift action. Climate scientists stressed the need for urgent action to reduce greenhouse gas emissions following new data showing a record increase in atmospheric methane levels for a second consecutive year. Our data shows that global emissions continue to move in the wrong direction at a rapid pace. This is according to National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration Administrator Rick Spinrad, who said in this statement, the evidence is consistent, alarming, and undeniable. Uh, as Noah notes, carbon dioxide remains the biggest climate change threat. However, scientists say that reducing methane emissions, the largest anthropogenic source of which, we, of which our animal agriculture and energy production is relatively easy. Uh, prices for food commodities like grains and vegetable oils reached their highest level ever last month, largely because of Russia's war in Ukraine and the massive dis uh, supply disruptions it's causing. And it's threatening millions of people in Africa, the Middle East, and elsewhere with hunger and malnourishment. This is according to the United Nations. The UN Food and Agriculture Organization, FAO, is the outfit um, that you know came to the fore. And they said the war in Ukraine was largely responsible for the 17% rise in the price of grains. We're gonna have some quotes uh, from a guy named Joseph Schmidhuber, and he's the deputy director of FAO's market and trade division. But before that, uh, the biggest price increases were for vegetable oils with price increase index rose 23%. Um, according now, we go back to um, this dude that we were quoting, Joseph. Essentially, there are no exports through the Black Sea, 
and exports through the Baltics is practically also coming to an end. Food shortages in countries in the Middle East, Africa, and parts of Asia, where many people already were not getting enough to eat. And those nations rely on affordable supplies of wheat and other grains from the Black Sea region to feed millions of people who subsist on subsidized bread and bargain noodles. And they now face the possibility of further political instability. And I got a quote from a dude by the name of Sib Alo. He's the senior researcher for the World Food Program for West and Central Africa in Dakar, Senegal. There is a sharp de deterioration of the food and nutrition security in the region. And he say, continues saying 6 million children are malnourished and nearly 16 million people in urban areas are at risk of food insecurity. First crisis, then catastrophe. That's the name of a study published ahead of next week's World Bank and International Monetary Fund meetings in Washington, D.C. And it shows that by the end of this year, 860 million people could be living in extreme poverty, and 827 million people could be undernourished. The Center for Global Development, Oxfam, now estimates that surging food prices alone will force an additional 65 million people into extreme poverty this year for a total of 263 million more people, which is the equivalent of the combined populations of the United Kingdom, France, Germany, and Spain. And that what they are referred to as people who are getting by that on less than $1.90 a day. Um, uh, let's focus on uh, the Postal Service here for a couple of stories. Democratic lawmakers last week joined with labor leaders and climate action advocates outside the U.S. Postal Service headquarters, where they demanded that the Louis DeJoy-led agency rethink its plan to buy new gas-powered delivery trucks. We've been covering this for you know quite a while. Um, at issue is the USPS contract with Oshkosh Defense, to replace its existing vehicles. And it's something like 150,000 machines, uh, uh, trucks, um, and the vast, vast majority are just gasoline-powered. And in addition to that stupidity, uh, there is uh, information that uh, Oshkosh plans to build the trucks not in Wisconsin, where it is based, but in anti-union South Carolina, and that has drawn criticism as well. A blatant move by Oshkosh to evade a decades-old contract with UAW workers in Wisconsin who are, who are ready and eager to build the delivery vehicles of the future. Um, and that's according to the UAW. I got a little bit more on the Postal Service, and this I know we have talked about quite a bit. Um, an Inspector General probe into the U.S. Postal Service surveillance program, known as ICOP, concluded that the agency did not have the legal authority to conduct sweeping intelligence collection and surveillance of American protesters and others between 2018 and 2021. So the U.S. Postal Service has been spying on all of us, and who would, be, who would think that the USPS you know, would be doing that and if you don't think that um, outfits like the CIA and FBI were involved in this, you're nuts. 
Um, a little bit of good news. Uh, New York, a clean ride for kids is coming your way. And that was declared by the Electric School Bus Initiative at the World Resources Institute last week after Democratic New York Governor Kathy Hochul announced an agreement on a budget that includes a historic plan to fully electrify the state's fleet of school buses. And I know we, you know, it's all one bad news story after another, you know, but every now and then, um, you know, there are good stories and um, it's worth, you know, reporting that um, uh, with whatever is going on, there are a lot of people still committed to doing um, the right thing. A uh, quick story on life expectancy. <laughs> uh, life expectancy in the U.S. has declined once again in 2021, which followed a well-documented drop in 2020 and contrasted to a recovery trend in other high-income countries. Get these numbers. U.S. life expectancy fell from 78.86 years in 2019 to 76.99 years in 2020, and 76.60 years in 2021. And that's a net loss of 2.26 years. And uh, that last number for 2021 puts me right in the range. Oh, it's so comforting. Uh, the research also comes just days after a poor people's campaign analysis exposed how the public health crisis was twice as deadly in poor counties as in wealthy ones. Oh, there's a surprise. Republican Governor Kevin Stitt of Oklahoma was denounced uh, early this week for signing into law one of the most extreme forced pregnancy bills in the United States, a law pro-choice advocates argue is blatantly unconstitutional and must be challenged. The governor signed SB 612, which targets healthcare professionals by making it illegal for them to provide abortions at any stage of pregnancy, with only a narrow exception for pregnant patients who are at risk of death unless their pregnancies are terminated. Under the law, which is scheduled to go into effect this summer, healthcare workers who provide abortion care could be charged with a felony and face as much as 10 years in prison, as well as a $100,000 fine. The Supreme Court is expected to rule on Mississippi's 15-week abortion ban later this year, and the state has asked the court to overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, they're coming after abortion, man. Um, and we're staying with the subject. Spain approved the law this week that would criminalize the harassment or intimidation of women going for uh, an abortion. Legislation aimed at deterring anti-abortion activists who have the, uh, attempted to dissuade women from having the procedure. And that's according to CBS News. The bill states that anyone trying to impede a, impede a woman from exercising her right to voluntarily interrupt pregnancy uh, through doing it through bothersome, offensive, or intimidating, or threatening acts will face prison sentences between 3 and 12 months or community service. Uh, and this is a part of the socialist government of Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez, who pushed for the law, which is set to take effect in the coming days. Uh, a 2018 study found that 89% of Spanish women said they felt harassed when attending an abortion clinic, 
while 66% said they felt threatened. So here we have a real Catholic country doing exactly the opposite of what we're doing in this country. It's incredibly uh, disappointing. Um, let's go to Yemen. Uh, exiled Yemeni President Abd Rabu Mansour Hadi transferred his powers to a presidential council last week, which is a major step aimed at ending the years-long civil war in Yemen. The transfer of power comes less than a week after the start of a two-month nationwide truce between Yemen's warring factions, the first nationwide ceasefire in six years. More than 150,000 people have died, and more than 23 million, three-quarters of the population, are in desperate need of aid. And the crisis in Yemen um, has been brought about by a feud between Saudi Arabia and the Houthi rebels in Yemen. And the U.S. has provided Saudi Arabia with billions of dollars in military aid to do um, the vile work that they've been doing in Yemen. So I, I hope the truce holds, uh, keep it posted. Uh, the Biden administration is planning to extend its pause on federal student loan repayments through August 31st. Um, it's kind of controversial, uh, but um, relinquishing people from their um, college debts would have an extraordinarily positive impact um, on um, you know this this country's economy, and we need it desperately because by all reports we're heading into some really tough economic times. So um, I hope that uh, that ban uh, becomes a, a total ban um, on freeing people from uh, the burden of student debt. It's enough already. Uh, there was a report published last, last week by the free expression, expression group PEN America, which details an alarming and unprecedented surge in book banning across the United States with 86 school districts in 26 states prohibiting more than 1,100 titles. Um, I got a quote from Jonathan Friedman, director of PEN America's Free Expression and Education Program. Challenges to books, specifically books by non-white male authors, are happening at the highest rates we've ever seen. He concluded... Um, this is an orchestrated attack on books whose subjects only recently gained a foothold on school library shelves and in classrooms. We are witnessing the erasure of topics that only recently represented progress toward inclusion. So needless to say, the issues relate to um, sexual orientation, you know, amongst um, other things. And uh, we're going we're gonna to stay with, uh, with bias. There's a coordinated right-wing effort to entrench Republican power by dismantling voting rights and disenfranchising, disenfranchising voters of color, which poses an existential threat to American democracy. And that's according to the National Urban League's annual State of Black America report, which was published last week. The 2022 report entitled Under Siege, The Plot to Destroy Democracy, it details how Republican federal and state lawmakers are working in concert with political operatives and violent extremists to, quote, to disenfranchise, delude, manipulate, and intimidate American voters 
and establish a one-party rule. <clears throat> it's going on. Um, a little uh, news on gun violence. Uh, four people, including two teens, were shot shortly after a Major League Baseball game in Washington, D.C. over the weekend. In Illinois, six people were found injured after a, uh, a shooting occurred in a residential neighborhood. Police are also investigating a shooting at a birthday party in Indianapolis where six people were shot and one person was killed. Two people were also killed and 10 hospitalized after a targeted attack at a Cedar Rapids nightclub. Um, and, you know, while I was preparing to do this, you know, I was kind of looking at the news. And um, in my city, um, in, in the subway uh, in Brooklyn, um, a guy dropped a smoke bomb and just started shooting and injured uh, something like at least 10 people um, and a number of others um, injured for uh, various reasons, um, you know, on the scene. Um, unbelievable. Unbelievable what's going on. And you want to talk about guns in this country and how easy it is to get them and how nobody really seems to give a shit. And we have one horror after another occurring. And I'm not doing this for some kind of, I don't know what you would call a bandwagon kind of thing. For Christ's sake, there has to be at least some effort to make it a little bit more difficult to get firearms. Anything as opposed to absolutely nothing. Uh, let's go to the Supreme Court and at least a little bit of good news about that organization. The Senate confirmed President Joe Biden's Supreme Court nominee, Ketanji Brown Jackson, um, early, uh, earlier in the week, which is really, um, you know, quite something. So um, I'm really glad. Um, and the vote was 53 to 47. And get this, um, three Republican senators uh, voted for her, Susan Collins of Maine, Rip, Rip Mitt, Romney of Utah, and Lisa Murkowski of Alaska. That's really cool. Um, I want to talk a little bit uh, about Noam Chomsky, and probably most of you have never heard of the dude. Been around a long, long time, and he's definitely uh, on the progressive side politically. And uh, I picked up an article by him, and I, I really wanted to share it um, as we get to the, the close of this news. Far-right and authoritarian leaders in the U.S. and Russia are pushing the planet toward the, quote, the most dangerous point in human history. And that's according to Noam Chomsky. This was in an interview published by the New Statesman last week. We may move on to terminal nuclear war if we do not pursue the opportunities that exist for a negotiated settlement. Um, in a quote from him. Um, he's already, he's 93 had been around and said that the, the current state of geopolitics brings to mind, quote, the grim cloud of fascism that hung over Europe during his childhood in the 1930s. It's just gotten worse, he said. We are now facing the prospect of destruction of organized human life on Earth. I can remember listening to Hitler's speeches on the radio. I didn't understand the words. I was six years old, Chomsky told the New Statesman, but I understood the mood, and it was frightening and terrifying. And when you watch one of Trump's rallies, that can't fail to come to mind. That's what we are facing, he said. And um, 
I agree. Period. Um, I'm nearly there, and let me just see. Oh, cool, yeah. I, I've always mentioned this. There are a number of, of, of stories that I always save to the end. Um, Julian Assange, Ed Snowden, um, Jamal Khashoggi, um, and uh, uh, Navalny in Russia. Um, these are heroic characters in, in my mind, um, some living and some dead. And uh, this is a story about Jamal Khashoggi. Uh, the fiancé of murdered journalist Khashoggi vowed to fight a Turkish court's decision to move uh, the trial of 26 Saudi suspects in the gruesome 2018 killing to Saudi Arabia, a ruling that human rights groups fear will spell an end to the case. Um, his fiancé is Hatice Senjiz. Um, Khashoggi was a prominent critic of the Saudi regime, and he was assassinated inside the Saudi consulate in Istanbul by a 15-man hit team. Um, his fiance quote, We all know who was guilty of Jamal's murder, and it is now more important than ever that I keep going. Um, the Washington Post reported uh, uh, that uh, President Erdogan of Turkey has tried to improve ties with the kingdom, as Turkey weathers one of the worst economic crises in decades. So clearly, um, Turkey looking to uh, suck up to the Saudis, sound familiar, and um, uh, to move this trial uh, to Saudi Arabia, which is, in, in, a, in a sense, the scene of the crime. And um, no uh, high-ranking Saudi officials um, have been punished for ordering the assassination or attempting to cover it up. Um, really sad, really, really sad. Um, okay, um, I picked up this poem, and it was like, oh, what a trip. This is a poem uh, very uh, written this year. Um, it's by Karen Reed, and it's called Regarding Putin. Like the evil folk before him, alone in infamy he stands. Not the water in all the oceans can wash the blood from off his hands. In fact, he's drowning in an ocean of Russian and Ukrainian blood. And yet he spews his daily hatred, his mantra for ramping up that flood. A ravaged land once fine and ordered, thousands displaced and thousands dead. Needless and senseless, a tyrant's daydream, a churning muddle in his head. Who can observe the daily carnage and turn away without a thought? Who cannot wish to find the answer to end the mayhem he has wrought? What can be done to stave his anger, his lust for power, his war machine, before the whole world is entangled and straight to hell we all careen? I tell you we must find the answer to stop this monster in his tracks, not till war like this is banished from the world forever can we relax." Well, amen. Um, I, I wish that things like this were, uh, were possible. And we'll see what uh, the future holds. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, you know, please tell your friends. This is a true labor of love on my part. And uh, as I always say, um, until next week, same time, same station, God bless.